0: and now veep thoughts by kamala harris when we think about america's bridges i'm a california so i'm gonna tell you one of the things i think we think about we think about things like the golden gate bridge or you know some of you might think about the brooklyn bridge but bridges like the one behind me are just as important
1: This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does America. Important moment in history there as Kamala launches the Bridge Equity Movement. I hope you were excited. Just like I was. So that's the first Veep Thoughts of the week, by the way. Veepthoughts.com to watch all of them. Make sure you do not miss any one of uh, her incredible pieces of knowledge or pieces of something. Uh, studosMerch.com is a place to go to get the best in conservative merch. Stu10 is the code to save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor. Stop what you're doing. And, and just click like or subscribe to the channel or maybe hit the bell for notifications. We appreciate it. Chelsea Yeoman is going to be here to cover all the latest in the fight against abortion, the big case that's going through the courts right now. I'll be making a personal challenge to Dylan Mulvaney fans. So all two of you stick around for that. It's gonna be very important coming up in a little bit, but we start by doing the Pentagon leaker. The Pentagon leaker was in court. Yes, Pentagon leak suspect. Sorry, allegedly. uh, Jack Tejera, I'm gonna say Mark every single time, the baseball player, but what are you gonna do? Jack Tejera, charged in federal court, tells his dad, I love you. That's nice. Uh, Jack DeGera, the 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman accused of leaking documents, the Department of Defense says contain sensitive and highly classified material, has been charged Friday with unauthorized retention and transmission of national defense information and willful retention of classified documents. Tashera, wearing handcuffs and khaki prison jumpsuit, very fashionable, was read the charges shortly after 10 a.m. local time during an appearance in federal court in Boston. He did not enter a plea and was ordered to uh, detain pending a detention hearing set for Wednesday, April 19th, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Massachusetts. So there you go. That's kind of like the latest update. And it's interesting to see this sort of develop because... It's definitely a lot different than previous cases we've talked about. You might say, OK, they, they kind of led this with this is the biggest leak of information since Edward Snowden, but it's so much different than Edward Snowden. And you look at the profile of this guy, you know, I it doesn't come off as a super partisan particular, uh, particular story. It doesn't come off as a, an ideologically motivated person. It doesn't, I mean, maybe it'll evolve into that. I think we're going to see that happen a little bit. Everything evolves into partisanship here eventually, but generally speaking, you know, it's a little bit different. I mean, it just kind of seems like what you have here is a 21 year old who was sort of bragging to his bunch of his friends about how smart he was and how in, in, in you know, in the know he was a guy who has started this in his teens, leaking documents to uh, a bunch of other teenagers who looked up to him, apparently, on a gaming forum on Discord. And, you know, the, the, the press is making a big deal about uh, that he, you know, made some off-color jokes and, and all of this, and I don't know, you know. We haven't seen any of the evidence of that yet. Believe the media if you want. But I we don't know that much about it. And I will say, it is it is really different. I mean, like... If you go back to the good old days of spying, I, you're in the '50s, right? Someone leaks some documents. You're talking about an international battle between the Soviet Union and the United States. You're talking about, you know, communism versus capitalism, freedom versus tyranny. You're talking about grand concepts and ideology, a struggle for the will of man. Even if you go to Edward Snowden, you're talking about unearthing a, 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 an infrastructure of intelligence gathering that shocked the American people awake in a lot of those cases. Even if you don't like what Edward Snowden did, there was real like gravitas in what he was attempting to do. Even if you think he's the worst guy in the world, he was attempting to alert the American people over what was going on in their own country. This one, like the guy wanted to get like more more likes on Discord, more attention in a, in a gaming group? Like, he wanted more clicks? I mean, this is so 2023. We are such an annoying society. I mean, this is no, there's no grand ideology here. There's, no, there's nothing to make a movie out of. He seems like he was kind of a loser kid that was with a bunch of other loser kids and was saying, I'm the coolest loser kid. And again, 21 years old, is an adult, You can be charged with crimes. This guy's going to have a real tough time and you shouldn't obviously do these things. But like it's amazing that this is how this stuff happens. When you look at uh, what actually seems to have occurred here, when you read the reporting past the headlines a little bit, it's a guy who was, uh, you know, it comes along in the in the era of the. COVID lockdowns, people trying to make friends, they're talking, they're talking about guns, they're talking about war, they're talking about all these things. He apparently was anti-war, which all of a sudden is, I guess, a right-wing position. I I thought, I was told my entire life that right-wing people, all they wanted to do was go to war. And now all of a sudden, anti-war is a right-wing. It's hard to even keep track of this crap anymore. But You know, he was trying to show off to his friends. He worked. uh, He was a a National Guardsman. He somehow got access to these documents. Now, I talked to Jason Buttrell yesterday on this show. Talked to him off the air. Uh, He was on radio this morning as well. And, you know, he keeps saying the way they're reporting this is just not how this information gets out. There has to be more to the story, how he actually got this information. But when he got it, he printed it off. He brought it home. He took pictures on his home counter. They could tell it's the same countertop. They could see the reflection. That's the same room this guy lives in. And then he was just posting it on the board. And it seemed to have gone on for a very long time, months if not years, where he would post this stuff in a gaming form on Discord. And everyone would see it and no one really do anything. Eventually, it started leaking out. And that's when he knew he was in serious, serious uh, trouble. Now, of course, there is a political fallout to anything like this. People are going to pick their sides. They're going to defend people. They're going to go after others. And we had a bit of that uh, so far. Marjorie Taylor Gre- Green decided to tweet. She said, Jake, Jake Tejera, this is the leaker, is white male Christian and anti-war. Again, that anti-war being a right-wing position right here. That makes him an enemy to the Biden regime. And he told the truth about troops being on the ground in Ukraine and a lot more. Ask yourself, who is the real enemy? A young, low-level National Guardsman or the administration that is waging war in Ukraine, a non-NATO nation against nuclear Russia without war powers? Now, I bring this tweet up, first of all, to show you how the media is covering it. It's it's fascinating because I wanted to give you that in real context first, then show you how the media is covering it. This one is from Business Insider. Marjorie Taylor Greene defends suspected Pentagon leader saying, quote, he is white, male, Christian and anti-war. Wait a minute. She wasn't defending him because he was white. She was defending him because, as she points out, she's just saying that those categories are the enemy of Biden. She's not saying, oh, I'm." he's white and Christian, therefore I'm on his side. That's not what the tweet says at all. And yet almost all the covers, particularly from the mainstream and left, came out and said, oh, well, this is Marjorie Taylor Greene basically just siding with white-skinned people who share her religion. That's really not what the tweet uh, said at all. Now, of course, one of the dumbest people in America, Eric Swalwell, decided to jump in because he's an idiot and has no – like the self-awareness of a potato. He is seri- – I mean it is – really remarkable. There's a lot of things you can say as a congressman and get away with it, right? Like there's a lot of things you can say, but Eric Swalwell, who's known for literally two things. What? Number one, farting on television. Okay. That's number one. And number two, screwing a Chinese spy. It was the only thing, two things. I mean, the guy ran for president. No one remembers that. They only remember that he farted on TV and he hooked up with a Chinese spy. Well, here's his response tweet. McCarthy's top lieutenant, of course, that's just a ridiculous characterization here, but whatever, is siding with one of the biggest traitors America has seen. Now, stop for a second. Is this guy really one of the biggest traitors America has seen? I mean, come on. There's no evidence of that. What he did, I think, was wrong, and he shouldn't have done it, and it could wind up burning us in a lot of different ways. So I'm not defending the action here, but he seems like a 21-year-old idiot. It seems like he wanted to impress his friends. He wasn't leaking this stuff to the Soviets. Ridiculous. Anyway... I'm sorry, Marge. Being white, male, and Christian is not licensed to betray your country and put the lives of thousands at risk. But this wouldn't be the first time she's sided with traitors. I, you know, that's a good point, Eric. You should roll over and nudge the random hooker you're with that happens to be a Chinese spy and ask her how that's going to play out. Seriously? You're accusing other people of cavorting with traitors? You literally were banging one of them. How on earth could you possibly bring this up? This man is such a moron. It makes, honestly, it makes AOC look like, uh, you know, she's going to go immediately into Mensa. It's incredible. Um, Now, of course, you do remember that Swalwell, uh, he has not really commented too much on this, but sex with a Chinese spy... But the family remains Facebook friends with the honey trap. This is back. <laughs> honey trap. What a great word, uh, <laughs> uh, at least in this context. Um, December 9th, 2020. That is from uh, the New York Post. Now, Swalwell, of course, has absolutely no self-awareness, but he's also a moron is going to get this thing wrong, whether he's self-aware or not. But what a what a 2023 controversy here. It's so 2023. This isn't about grand ideology. This isn't about the future of our country. It's not about none of these people care about any of this crap. They don't care about any of it. All they care about is getting their little tweets in, getting their little, getting their likes, getting their retweets, getting their followers. We have devolved in this world from people who I think at one point were serious people. There's a great uh, moment in succession, won't, won't give you any spoilers, Uh, uh, But if you haven't watched the season yet, but at one point, you know, the dad says to the kids, you're just you're just not serious people. And that's what you that's how I feel looking at Congress these days. These are not these are not the best among us. These are these are idiots. These are people who are out there who are just absolute morons with no self-awareness whatsoever. Now, there are some great ones. There are some people that I would trust the future of this country with. But it ain't Eric Swalwell. And honestly, it's so performative. Politics has become this performance art where people just go out and do a little show and try to get attention and raise their profile. It's the same thing that bikini models are doing on Instagram. That sh- this shouldn't be the same thing. I mean, I, you want another example of it? Let me give it to you uh, The Justins, the, the Tennessee Three. Now, you remember these uh, characters, they're from Tennessee. No one knows who they are. No one knows who they are two weeks ago. They're absolute zilches. They go out and do this giant thing where they try to get attention. They get bullhorns on the floor of the of the Tennessee uh, Capitol. They're going on there. They're ranting. They're raving. They're encouraging protests. They're stopping government. Uh, business from going forward, the same crap they've been complaining about since January 6th. They go in there and they just go do it. And for them, it's okay. They get their attention. They get their fawning media attention. Then, uh, they get voted back in or put back in as uh, temporary, um, uh, members of the Tennessee house. Two of the three, of course, were uh, thrown out. One remained and then blamed racism because again, does she believe that it doesn't make any sense. Right. Sixty six of the sixty nine people who voted against the other two. uh, Those people all also voted against uh, her. She survived by one vote. So what the three people that changed their minds, those are the racists, the ones that changed their mind in your uh, in your favor. Those are the big racists. The people who bailed you out are the ones that you're going to attack. None of this makes any sense unless, of course, all you're doing is going for attention, And that is exactly what's happening. Let me give you an uh, example of 9,347. Here is the Tennessee Three at Good Morning America. Now look at their faces for a second. Smiling faces, doing like the jazz hands, uh, bowing to the audience, gleeful, just excited. And then remember why they are there. They are there because supposedly they cared about children being murdered. Look at their faces. Look at the idiotic gestures. Look at how excited they are to show themselves off to America. These are people that supposedly care about gun violence against children. Do you believe them? Do you think for a second they care about gun violence? Or do you think they're putting on a show? The jazz hands might give you an indication of what the right answer is. It's despicable in every single way. And you know what the media does? They don't look at it like that. They don't say, hey, these people are exploiting the deaths of children to get their face on television. They don't see it that way. No, no. Instead, they go the other way. They give them fawning media attention. Again, this is the New York Times. Look at this. Like they put the they got the fancy picture. Look at these gods of men. They even get the fancy headline over the picture treatment that only comes to the best of all of us. The Justins follow a legacy of resistance in Tennessee. These guys are zilches. You didn't know who they were two weeks ago and they've done nothing to garner attention nationwide. Nothing. This is at the very height and peak, maybe a local Tennessee story. That's it. At the very peak, and I got to be honest with you, 99% of people in Tennessee also don't care. This is a giant zilch of a story, but they pump these people up. They make them into superheroes. If the equivalent story on the right were to occur where... Uh, where they were, you know, stopping government work from going on, bringing on protesters for Second Amendment rights, let's say. Do you think they'd get this fawning treatment? I mean, do we even have to bring this point up anymore? It's so obvious and absurd that this is not even needed to be said anymore. This is the thing. None of these people care about any of these issues. The Justins don't care. Eric Swalwell doesn't care. This is not real. It's performance art is putting all of us in a position where our country is being led by a bunch of pathetically awful actors who are doing nothing but trying to get more clicks, more likes, more shares, more attention, more money, more power over and over and over again. And I'd like to say, oh, well, and then the media keeps falling for it, but they're not falling for it. They're leading it, they're participating in it, and they're cheering it on. This isn't a mistake. This is intentional. And every single day, we see it more and more. It's impossible to take us seriously as a country at this point. We've got a lot going for us, but man, there's a lot of people trying to screw that up. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do. And it can be, you know, much, much worse if you're working with a terrible real estate agent. If your home is, like most of us, our retirement, our biggest investment, uh, you know, the American dream, you need someone who actually understands what a big deal that is. And that's why you got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. What if you, uh, you know, you get um, Eric Swalwell as your agent? You know, some some Eric Swalwell. Who's the Eric Swalwell equivalent in the real estate world? What if you get that person? Then you're going to sell your house for like four dollars and he's going to fart on your couch. You don't want that. So don't go to ericswalwell.com. Instead, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. There, you will find the best agent in your area. They'll get you all hooked up, give them the basic info, and they'll get the whole process started for you. Whether you're moving, whether you are uh, you know, selling a, uh, an investment property of some sort, uh, if you're going into a new house, if you're leaving an old house, whatever it is, realestateagentsitrust.com, wherever you are in the country, realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm joined now by Chelsea Yeoman. She's a pro-life advocate and the National Legislative Advisor for Human Coalition, uh, talking about the issue of life. Chelsea, thanks so much for coming on the program.
0: Thanks for having me today.
1: I, I appreciate it. I, you guys have done some real work on this case. We're talking about the abortion bill case, a pill case that has gone, uh, through, is going through the courts now. We're getting rulings on one side, rulings on the other. You filed an amicus brief in, in this particular case. Can you kind of give people... Uh, a baseline understanding of what's going on here because people, uh, I think, have heard, everyone saw the Dobbs thing coming. This one kind of, I think, slipped under a lot of people's radar. <laughs>
0: Yes, I would say this is one of the most important cases on life um, and the abortion drug regimen, maybe in in history even. About 60% of all abortions, almost a million abortions a year, are the chemical abortion drug. So this is a substantial amount of lives every single year we're talking about. Um, At least 5 million children have died because of the chemical abortion drug. And its approval was fast-tracked after the decision this week, it ruled that the FDA illegally approved the drug and unsafe protocols, didn't do their due diligence, and then continued to illegally remove those safety protocols um, in 2016 and again in 2021. And so that's all coming to head. That's all on the table right now out of Texas. It's being quickly appealed, even in real time, um, to the Supreme Court as we speak.
1: Now, Chelsea, we're told over and over again that these drugs are safe and effective and there's no real problems with them. Now, I keep thinking to myself, As you mentioned, five million children are not here that otherwise would be. So it doesn't sound particularly safe. Maybe it's effective for that particular uh, need, but it does not seem safe at all, at least for the children. Uh, Is it safe for the mothers?
0: You're absolutely right to be asking those questions. So, of course, the chemical abortion drug regimen produces a human body. So it is not safe. It produces death. Um, But at the same time, 35 percent of women who take the chemical abortion drug end up in the E.R. after taking
1: the drug. Thirty five percent. Is that I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Thirty five percent. 35%.
0: 35%. Now, the FDA doesn't require reporting adverse events, but an independent study done by the Charlotte, Lo- Charlotte Lozier Institute um, established that to be the case. 60% of, of um complications from the drug are miscoded and medicaid as miscarriage and so really what happens is people just don't know they don't know how dangerous this pill really is women are not told about complications that they could hemorrhage um, if they're ectopic which at human coalition we've had multiple clients show up ectopic with sonogram uh, these pills in hand and sonograms save their lives um, because this is a dangerous pill regimen it should never have been approved in the first place and i'm glad that the court's considering all that right now in front of it
1: Mm, Yeah, that's that's an incredible, incredible statistic. Um, The I think a lot of people will say, look, it's been 20 years, right? This is this has been on the market for 20 years. Now, conservatives who are, you know, are obviously abortion activists are coming out here and saying, uh, you know this process was messed up, and it's really just a cover because they they just want to get uh, abortion to to end. Now, of course, I do want to get abortion to end. There's no doubt about that. But is there a, a real valid case, process-wise, that they did something wrong here?
0: Absolutely. So the first thing to know is that the FDA politicized this decision from the get-go. They they Classified pregnancy as a, life, um, a life-threatening illness in order to <laughs> fast-track and expedite approving this pill. Obviously, that was incorrect and inaccurate at the time. And then, again, as I mentioned, they don't even require reporting of adverse events. So they haven't done their due diligence. How can you measure something um, and say it's safe and effective if you've never measured it to begin with for actually being safe and effective? And over 20 years, what we have had is women unknowingly take this pill not understanding the complications that could arise, how horrific the experience is going to be, how traumatizing it is to see their child's body at the end of the process. They're not told any of those things. They're told it's as as safe as an aspirin, which we know obviously not to be the case. So we're serving these pregnant women in need and they often call us in those dark moments um, after they've taken the abortion pill, full of regret um, and traumatized by their their abortions. One in four have PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, who have an abortion. And so this is truly horrific for children um, and horrific for their mothers. And we wanna just draw light to those facts maybe that aren't being talked about as publicly
1: it 's really important that you are doing that, and I know you you help uh, people in in this particular situation, often your organization does i 'm fascinated by like the changes that we 've had here on this you know i I grew up you know as I got into politics, watching politics. It just never seemed like it was going to be a thing that Roe versus Wade was ever going to be overturned. It didn't, didn't seem like it was ever going to actually happen. And it finally has happened. Things have changed. There's new research out. This comes from 538, and it's, it's kind of amazing from multiple levels. They say over 66,000 people couldn't get an abortion in their home state after Dobbs. And they go through some of the numbers. They say 30, about 35,000, I believe it is. Yeah, about 35,000 seem to have traveled uh, to another state to obtain one but the 31,180 people seemingly unable to get a legal abortion at all. We don't know whether those people remained pregnant or got an abortion some other way. The story itself is amazing because it's written as if it's a terrible tragedy that tens of thousands of people are alive that otherwise would not be. And I just can't wrap my arm, arms around this. But I mean, like, we know that there are now children being born that previous to this decision and other big changes otherwise would have been killed. This should be viewed, I think, as a real positive, in a way, a miracle. And instead, it's seen as the total opposite.
0: Yes. I mean, the the other side is so extreme on this issue. They advocate for abortion even up until the third trimester. Two states have said that children in the 40 days after birth um, can be killed with no question Ask. so the other side is as extreme as you can get but you're absolutely right to say that humans have dignity and worth and value um, every single human should have the right to take their first breath um, they are alive after all they are human they are growing in the womb um, and we as a society should not rest until the horror that is abortion is done in our country and um, that's our job our movement has our work cut out for us but we're committed and the biggest part of that equation for us at Human Coalition is serving these pregnant mothers in need. 76% of our clients say if their circumstances were different, they would prefer to parent. And for us as communities to say, what does it look like to get her on her feet, equip her, support her, empower her to make the choice she truly wants, which is to live um, a, a good life next to her child.
1: Uh, the organization you're with is Human Coalition. Can you kind of give us a description as to what you do for these parents? What, what, if, they, if there's someone in this yeah. type of situation how, and they reach out to you, what would they be looking at?
0: Yes, we are a national organization serving almost 50,000 women last year alone um, who are pregnant and in need. Women who search things like. Can I get help or resources when I'm pregnant? Um, I'm looking for an abortion, but I need support, things like that. Our organization takes her in, serves her, meet her where she's at with licensed professionals, nurses, and then we connect her with local community resources so that she can have that in-person care that she needs, gynecological care, sonograms, um, you name it. We help her get jobs. We've taken women from living in their car to purchasing their first home in about two and a half years. And um, those are real stories. Real lives are being changed through the process and the other side can push abortion pills into w- the hands of women everywhere through their dangerous practices. But if she feels cared for and supported, she's not going to take those pills. Um, and that's, that's really what our mission is to do.
1: Mm, uh, it's great, great work. I, you know, and you mentioned the abortion pills and pushing them into people's hands. This is really not only an overt uh, platform by abortion activists. But also the media. I mean, the New York Times has a story. It's called Inside the Online Market for Overseas Abortion Pills, in which they provide link after link after link to sites where people can go and theoretically illegally buy abortion pills overseas from random manufacturers and all all over Asia and and the rest of the world and have them shipped to their homes because it is presented to women like you're taking a Tums. It's not a big deal. You do this. The problem goes away. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Is there any other example where the media would say, hey, here's how to buy your illegal products? That's just not something that normally happens in America. But with this issue, it almost seems to have a special cutout. Really, anything you want to do to advance this particular issue, everyone seems to be okay with in the media.
0: Yes. I think an important thing to know is mainstream Americans, everyday Americans are, you know, reasonable, intelligent, compassionate people. They care about women. They don't want to see women struggling. They care about children. Um, But that's not really what abortion is about. Abortion ends an innocent human life every time. And the other side is showing their true hand in colors. They don't care about women. They care about abortion on demand through the third trimester for any reason whatsoever. A great example is we, know, I've been speaking with some Officials out of Louisiana: Two women have died from the pill in Louisiana. Those illegal international pills mm. since December, and they can't find a defendant to hold accountable. I mentioned this on a panel um, with a pro-abortion crowd, and their response was, "It's just the cost of abortion." And um, so they think human life is disposable. Of course, they think women are disposable and are willing to do whatever negligent practices and dangerous practices it takes.
1: I mean, when you think innocent children are disposable, of course you're going to think women are disposable. If they- Get in the way. Um, Last thing for you here, Chelsea. You know, I think there's like a a thing going on on the pro life side of this to try to figure out what is the right policy in state after state after state. Ron DeSantis has just signed a six week ban in Florida, a massive improvement as to uh, where we were before. There was a 15 week ban there before. It was even longer before that. We've seen kind of a variety of things go on in in red leaning states, some with almost a, a complete ban, some with more like 15, 20 week bans. Is there a sweet spot policy-wise? What's the right answer here? I mean, I think we all want there to be as few abortions as possible. Can, can, well, can Americans deal with that?
0: Yes, we can. And the number one thing that we, as Americans, can do is vote and hold our elected officials accountable. They want to know that we're going to be there with them when they make these important decisions to protect the most vulnerable among us. So uh, kudos to, to Florida. I, I'm excited about the good work being done there. It is life saving work. But we at Human Coalition have developed a post-road landscape. I, in my mind, think it's the most comprehensive national plan, state-by-state recommendations, um, with the specific bills that every single state can do two things. They can serve serve women and protect children. And if you do those two things, you can eliminate abortion in your state. Um, and even these international pills, the illegal abortion pill trafficking networks that have developed, we, we have a bill for that. We've filed it in Texas. Um, it's an incredible, innovative bill. There are unique legal solutions to these unique legal problems. But again, if your state elected official is willing to build out programs, to care for pregnant women in need and protect life outright, um, you're sitting in a good spot as, as a country.
1: Hmm. Uh, Chelsea, uh, we have a lot of you know, elected representatives who check the show out. Where, where can people go? I think this would be a great resource for those people who are looking to pass these laws and don't know really where to start.
0: Yes, you can go to humancoalition.org. You can also just contact us. We'll send you the kit. It's pretty long. Every single state has a different recommendation that's unique to that state's legal and political landscape. Um, And ultimately, at the end of the day, we're here to care for women in need um, and know that this is a hopeful time in the movement, but a difficult time. Um, I think the other side is showing its its colors and we need to be leaning in and paying attention and engaged very actively, understanding that the Biden administration is doing everything they can to as aggressively kill children and our um, babies in our society as fast as possible. And we are here to stand in the gap for that.
1: Mm. Chelsea Yeoman, uh, thanks so much for all of your hard work on this. Uh, she's a pro-life advocate, national legislative advisor for Human Coalition. Thanks so much for the work you're doing and coming on the program as well, Chelsea.
0: Of course. Thanks for having me.
1: You know, I like numbers. I like looking at numbers. I like following the numbers. You know, when it comes to ratings of the show, downloads, views, like, I'm only loosely connected to it. I don't, I don't look at them every day. I don't care about it on a day-to-day basis. I obviously know there's certain things that get more clicks, certain things that get fewer. But on the other hand, like, I just want to do the show that I want to do and blab about the stuff that I want to talk about. And I hope you like it. You seem to like it so far. But, like, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and live and die and make decisions on the, t- the stories that we talk about. Based on how many people are going to tune in. And I saw, but I did check the numbers this week, and my biggest show of the week was the one we were talking about Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light. And like some of the biggest Facebook posts we've had recently have been about Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light. And it's like, it's incredible, right? Like this, it's, it's I think it's because it's such a fundamental, like, fundamentally bizarre moment where this brand that is ubiquitous does such a strange thing and it, it almost like crosses the line of absurdity. It's not like Ben and Jerry's saying something stupid here. This is Bud freaking light. Do they have any idea who they're talking to, who their audience is? It's just such a strange, strange moment. And I think the Dylan Mulvaney thing is also on top of that. so freaking bizarre. This is not someone who, you know, you think about Caitlyn Jenner and kind of the obvious example, We're like, you know, someone who struggled with with a a bunch of strange feelings their entire life, really didn't know how to deal with it, you know, went on and made this thing, and all of a sudden it was Caitlyn Jenner, and okay, you know, all right, it's kind of odd, but it's not really true that she's a woman, but okay, we'll, well, you know, okay, whatever, you know, to each their own, I guess. This one is just like, it's so strange because not only is Dylan Mulvaney saying that, you know, he is a woman, He's also acting as if he's a little girl. And I think, like, there's something fundamental we have to stop and consider. This is something Glenn talked about a long time ago when we went into the Monica Lewinsky uh, scandal. At the beginning of the Monica Lewinsky scandal, and yes, that's how long I've been working with Glenn Beck, he said, you know, everyone's saying he didn't do this. He didn't hook up with Monica Lewinsky. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And he said, you know, what we need to do is instead... Fine. You can argue about whether he did it or not. But if he did do it, is it bad? In advance, I want to know, if he did do it, is it bad? Are you opposed to it if he did do it? You don't have to say he did it. But if it comes out that he did do it, will it be bad? And, you know, of course, at that time, everyone said, of course, it will be bad. But he didn't do it. Then they found out that he did do it. And everyone said, um ah, it's just private life, right? That's what happens in arguments. Everyone looks for their safe ground. So I want to ask you a question based on this clip and so many other clips we've seen this week. A question before it happens, I want you to think about what your position is. Before you're in the emotional partisan moment that will occur after this happens, I want you to think about how you feel about it Here's a clip from Dylan Mulvaney blabbing about God knows what as a 12-year-old girl. Girlhood becomes yeah. stronger when there's more of us behind behind it. Only certain people are allowed in, but who's allowing? That's the real question. Who is I, I don't. Maybe there isn't one. and Maybe that's <laughs> maybe the part one. of it. Do you have any relationship to the concept of girlhood? I absolutely do. I find girlhood to be inspiring. There are a lot of human beings who are girls who transcend what their gender is supposed to be. Yes. And that to me is something I draw strength from and excitement from. Absolutely. (laughs) And I hope this is the start of a lifelong friendship. What do you think, people? (laughs) I love you all. Okay. Oh, we got to do my signature. Okay. Okay, Okay, ready? Love Love ya! it over so here's my question for you this is a person who's not acting like a woman they, they would like to, the media would like to tell you this is a woman this is not a woman this is also not a man acting like a woman this is a man acting like a 14 year old girl and so my question to you if you happen to be one of those four Dylan Mulvaney fans out there If you happen to be on the left and you you happen to know people on the left, ask them this question. Just get it out of the way now. Get them on record now. When Dylan Mulvaney comes out as 14 years old, will you accept it? When Dylan Mulvaney tells you that not only is she a woman, but she's also a 14-year-old girl, She has adjusted her age and is identifying as a teenager because, you know, she went through much of her life without being a woman. So she's really only a kid now. And she's going to tell you she's a kid. Are you going to accept that? Are you going to be on board? You might say she's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. That's not going to happen, Stu. Don't worry about that right now. Just think about whether you will accept it if it does, because when it does, My guess is all the same people telling us that we need to accept Dylan Mulvaney as a woman are going to tell us that we have to accept Dylan Mulvaney as a teenage girl when this occurs. And it will. It possibly might not be Dylan Mulvaney. Maybe it's somebody else. But at some point. The left will get sucked into defending someone like this, and then they'll pull the rug out on them and say, hey, actually, I'm a different age and I'm a different race and I'm a different color and I'm a different whatever else. Will you support it then? Think about it now. It is sober time in advance before you've had 14 Bud Lights. Think about whether you'll accept that now. Is it rational to accept it? I challenge you to answer that question. Write it down somewhere so you remember it because a few tweets will happen and everyone will just say, of course she should be accepted as a 12 year old girl. You don't understand her plight. Why are you so whatever the term for trans ageist people are phobic? That is right around the corner. You might as well make a mark in the sand right now. There's a new movie out today. It is called Nefarious. Yes, Nefarious, uh, written by our own Steve Dace here at Blaze TV and Blaze Radio. He uh, had wrote this book a while ago. It's been turned into a movie, and it's like a real, like, I know you think, like, people at Blaze can make movies. It's like a real movie in theaters. Like, it's all over the country. You can go watch it in theaters this weekend. And it is apparently, even by the reviews, really really good people are really enjoying it it is a an intense story it's almost like a horror movie but it's about christianity and i'm gonna give you too many details but you're gonna want to see this it's, it's at whoisnefarious.com for tickets now the main reason why of course outside of the story and the importance of uh, of the lessons here and and uh you know what's being taught it's also entertaining and all that that's all true also glenn beck's in it and he's in it at the end, and all the reviews are coming out, and they're saying, this is a great movie. Wow, look at all the incredible things they did. But why do they put Glenn Beck in it? They shouldn't have put Glenn Beck in it. And so just to be able to torture Glenn, you should definitely go see it. Uh, and send him pictures. Um, it's okay. Normally, you can't take your phone out during the movie and take pictures, of course. But you could take one still shot of Glenn's face on your giant screen and tweet it to him. He'll love that. He will appreciate it more than you know. Who is nefarious.com for tickets. Figure out what uh, theater it is around you. They need a big opening weekend here so can stay in theaters you know they don't normally embrace uh, religious fare in theaters so check it out who is it's who is got a few pieces of evidence here that the biden presidency isn't going all that well and they come from very friendly uh, uh, allies of joe biden number one is an opinion piece in wapo from eugene robinson why we shouldn't underestimate Joe Biden. And you think, well, that uh, seems like actually a positive piece. But let me just give you the first paragraph of it. President Biden's poll numbers are stubbornly low. Most voters think he might be too old to run for reelection. Even many Democrats would like to see someone else heading the ticket next year. There you go. Wow, what, a, what an incredible embrace of our current president. Now, there's another op-ed. This one comes from The Guardian. And the headline kind of gets right to it. Biden is too old and not especially popular, but he is the Trump slayer. That's why he is right to run in 2024. Other Democrats are younger and nimbler, but Biden has been a better president than many expected. Really? And he could be Donald Trump's nemesis again. Uh, You know, look, Biden is too old. He is not popular. Is he the Trump slayer? I mean, like, based on what? Based on one election, which was incredibly close in the middle of a uh, a pandemic that shut down the entire country and forced us to change all of the rules of the election before it occurred? And he still won by, like, a few thousand votes in, a, in, a, in a, uh, three or four states? Like, I mean, that's not exactly uh, a, an endorsement. It's like a basketball team saying, oh, they, they just got our number. They beat us that one time by one point. Well, I mean, if you dominate someone... 12 times in a season by 40 points, okay, you can say you have their number. One close game, again, after you've also adjusted a bunch of the rules, you took out the three-point line, no more fouls, a bunch of other stuff that's not going to happen this time. I wouldn't say, I would be so confident if I were the Democrats. And finally, uh, Joe Biden, he's going to a well that is very, very interesting. He's appointed Lady Gaga. This is true. He's appointed Lady Gaga to lead the Arts and Humanities Committee. Um, Now, look, I don't know that this shows that he's having a bad presidency. Is it possible that Lady Gaga is the most competent person he's ever appointed? Yes, I would say that's actually likely. I don't know that Lady Gaga is competent, but certainly more competent than the people I've I've known in government. Um, I will say, uh, would you rather have Joe Biden or Lady Gaga as president? And you might say there's no constitutional provision to allow Lady Gaga to be president. But what if Joe Biden were to just wear a meat dress every day to work and identify as Lady Gaga? We can get around this somehow. And I think it's something, honestly, he should probably try. You know, Glenn always says, I always lead with my mistakes. Uh, I, on the other hand, bravely bury them at the end of the show. And Jesse wrote in, he said, I wish Stu would stop misgendering his producer. They clearly are transitioning, and Stu should use the proper she, they pronouns just like Dylan Mulvaney. And that's an incredible point. So my producer, she, they, uh, will still continue to get very strange ads as he, she, they, pull. All the different stories for the show. By the way, blazetvcom slash Stu. We're getting closer and closer to the election. We're going to have great coverage. blazetvcom slash Stu. Promo code is Stu.